Hello everyone. Morning, I mean, good day. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever time of day you're listening. Welcome to another episode of Sailing Tropical Dawn. Today is the 15th of June, 2023. And we're still in St. Helena. I think that's going to be the case for quite a while still. Um, yes. Yeah, so last week we were chatting to um, the guys on Trinity and they left on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, actually, we had like eight boats uh, at one point and now they were down to uh, two for like half a day and now we're back to four because two, yeah, two, two new boats arrived. arrived yeah. um, <clears throat> it's always interesting to meet new people. I would say the, I don't, I forgot. I don't even know the name of the Dutch boat that arrived, the Monohol. No, I don't know either. Uh, I'll look it up. Beautiful catch. Anyway, we um, on Wednesdays, there's always the fish fry at... Um, Lucy Para. Sorry, say again? Lucy Para. Lucy Para. So, uh, on Wednesdays, there's always fish fry, and we all, all the New Yorkers, I mean, they hear about it one way or another, but we always make sure when we see them to let them know. Um, we talked to two of the crew, the uh, three Dutch guys, I think. Yeah. Uh, on Lucy Para, um, who actually have been sailing for six years already, and are on their now kind of on their way back to the Netherlands. Um, they already invited us on their boat, but we'll, we might ask them if they want to uh, be on the podcast too, because they've sailed some uh, very interesting places and they've sailed around C- uh, Cape Horn which is in sailing lore, it's like, yeah, some, some people say you only a true sailor if you've sailed around Cape Horn, I don't agree with that. <laughs> is that some people you? <laughs> no, I don't agree with that, because I feel like we've met a lot of very, like, definitely sailors, true sailors, who haven't gone around Cape Horn, but still, it's like one of those epic places to sail around, I mean, anyway, um, but yeah, so we might, we might ask them, um, we asked Kes, well, we asked Kes yesterday, Kes is the Commodore of the uh, Yacht Club here in St. Helena, he didn't really say yes or no, so we, we might get him, it seems typical of Kes, <laughs> yeah, you've, you've complained about that, that it can, it can seem like a, a bit like, not, not even on committal, like, just like, a bit aloof, maybe it's, that's the I word. I think it's just his personality. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't. Well, anyway. Or maybe it's just the way of the island. Yeah, maybe. Oh. It's like yeah, because we actually we actually asked a lot of people. Mm. We asked Johnny, who yeah. was also well. His voice is still Johnny the fer- ferryman. Well, I'm calling Johnny the ferryman, but he's much more than that. And there's other ferryman too. He still is struggling with his voice, so I get that he's not that keen. But I think he's also, like Kay said, it might be a bit shy in his own way. I mean, he's not shy when I, you talk I, I to him. I got the impression that he's not that keen. No. Oh. Um, and um, we're actually going to visit um, Chenemere hmm. this evening. And we might ask them. So we actually want to have a lot of guests because we've met so many. Actually, a lot of people have sailed a lot. And actually, also places we haven't sailed. And we might actually either not, never sail or take a long time for us to sail. So we'd love to hear their uh, story because for us Trinity was interesting because they're kind of the same as us that they've just started which I think is interesting for us but it's also interesting to hear from people who've got like more experience and are basically are on the like last leg of their circumnavigation um, which Shinomiya is as well yeah. yeah 
So this started in Florida, so they're actually going to be, be back sooner than the other ones. Um, and actually, guess this isn't to circumnavigation. He took a very interesting route, which hopefully we'll get to chat to him about. Um, yeah, he sailed from the Netherlands past uh, Cape of Good Hope to like uh, Mozambican Channel and then back, and then came here. So um, yeah. Anyway, we, like um, I'm looking forward to having chats with like all of them and like having some uh, some guests because otherwise it's always just us telling what we've done this week, <laughs> which is interesting for us. I don't know. I hope it's interesting for the people listening to podcast. But I feel like it's nice to um, yeah bring some variety into the podcast. So, th- but I think this week we're just gonna chat about what's happened since the last time we did a podcast about us. Yeah, we two weeks ago. We, um, yeah, it's just to say that all the people that are left, I think most of them left on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Yeah. It's quite interesting because you meet these people and you create such strong bonds over a short time and then it's like quite sad to see them go. Mm. <laughs> and a bit emotional, like, hey? Yeah, I was feeling very sad. I almost cried a few times, but um, it was, uh, it's also like, it's sad to see them go, but you also have this like hope that maybe you'll, you'll meet again and there's also this like... It's kind of like, it's very lucky that we'll meet again, we just yeah. don't know where or when. Well, I think yeah. most of them, at least more than half of them are going to Cabadello, which is either our next stop or we first go to Ascension and then go there. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're going to still be a while before we get there, so by that time they might already be gone, but like, just to say, it's like, it is, it is very likely that we'll meet the same people again. Yeah. And we got to go to, uh, we got invited to go for a dinner on Arabella. Oh yes, also very yeah. nice people. Beautiful, also beautiful boats. Yeah, a Maverick four, yeah. four fifty. Oh, I, I can't remember. Like uh, one of the, not the latest Mavericks, because they, they got them like six years ago. But Maverick is like oh, for the people who don't know about boats but are interested in them, is a catamaran, uh, and they're built in Cape Town. Leopards are also built in Cape Town, but leopards are built like mass production. They roll out. I think one, one a week, or I think if someone once told me one, one a day, which seems extreme. But like anyway, mm. they roll them out in mass production. Mavericks are only two per year, so they're like kind of almost... I mean, you buy the, a, a model of boat. It's not like you choose build your own boat, but like the whole interior is done like according to what you want. And the interior is really, really beautiful. Like of all mm. catamarans we've been on, it's like... It's the best one we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. it's also pretty expensive yeah <laughs> yeah it is, it's definitely uh, i mean it's just it's nice to see other boats and how they yeah you know what they look like inside and how how they're designed um but yeah it's not something we uh, can even i think hope to uh-uh. ever be able to own but the, i mean that's not the, not the point i mean I, i've looked at those boats because i just think they're beautiful boats so it's like kind of like your dream boat like sometimes you might i don't know some people are into cars if their dream car like oh yeah they love to look at Ferraris because it's like, wow, imagine, like... And then if you ever get the chance to be in a car like that, or especially driving one, like, be a passenger in one, then it's like kind of, I guess, the same with with uh, boats for us. Yeah. I mean, at least for me. Um, it's just nice to see, even though it's... Uh, anyway, so, but th- that's not the most important. The most important yeah. is that actually really lovely people. Yeah. Um, so it's... Um, Husband and Paul. Yeah, husband and wife. And then and we Tom. thought that was their son, but yeah. it's actually a very good friend of 
They, they, the kids. The kids. Yeah. Because the, yeah, the, they all grew up in the same neighborhood and like all the kids were basically like bouncing between all the houses. So like everyone's like, sounds, sounds like they've like all like been close friends basically since they were small children. So, and he's uh, wanting to know now go into uh, yachting as like uh, either working in charter or, or some way make some money. And uh, since they could use crew, they said they take him on as like uh, just a uh, yeah unpaid crew to like basically for him to get the experience and for them to have someone else on the boat and then he'll jump off him either Brazil or Caribbean and actually mm. make his own way. But yeah, really, all three of them really, really lovely people. Um, yeah, it was nice, <laughs> nice to yeah to be their guest. Yeah, it's always nice to. Be. Yeah, get to know people better. Yeah, I know. Yeah. To get invited to yeah. people's boats. But so we've invited, well, only Trinity till now because we've got so little space and like, it's just a bit hard for us. But well, we've invited some local... Yeah, well, well, expats. Yeah. Are they really expats if they just have contracts here? That's called expat. Oh, really? If you come to work somewhere else, that's the, the, I think that's the definition of expat. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, uh, for me, it's not... I mean, I guess it's just like, yeah, you got the yachtis, you got the locals, and you got the expats. That's like... Yeah. And all three of them come to the um, yacht club Fish Fry, so you get a uh, bit of a nice mix, which is cool. Get mm -hmm. Actually, because apparently it used to be hard to get the locals there, because they just kind of have, I guess, their own... Well, anyway. But now there's always... Uh, yeah, so locals there too. Although it just seems to be the most uh, well, I don't know. A lot of expats do, but yeah, no, really interesting people. Um, which actually maybe brings us to the what? other thing. What? What? what other thing? You have to face the microphone or else people won't hear you. What other thing? The thing we did this week. Yeah, but before that, we need to go back a bit because. Okay. Um, well, we we did a free dive course. We'll talk about that in a bit, but we have to go back a bit. <laughs> See, uh, um, with the but when we had that big group of boats here, there were eight yeah. boats. One of them was uh, Noku Alofa. Ah, yeah, yeah. And um, they've got they had a dog on their boat as well. It's, it's two guys yeah. from uh, China on yeah. um, also beautiful boat. Uh, yeah. I think. Uh, 40 foot catch. Yeah. Anyway, a beautiful monohull uh, sailboat. We got a tour of that boat, which is yeah. really nice. Uh, but they got a, they had a really lovely dog. And we we arranged like a play date uh, with Coco before they left. So yeah, actually on the day they left in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Because we've been talking about this for so long, and then it never happened, and it's like okay, let's do it, let's just do it, and they really got along so well. So it's actually a pity we didn't do it earlier. Yeah. Uh, we got along really well for Coco. Yeah, Coco, Coco can be a bit difficult. I don't know if I can say that. She doesn't normally like other dogs. Exactly. Yeah. She 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 never fights with other dogs. I mean, she might bark at them. She definitely will try to chase them if they like. If they attempt to like, run they away. run away, then she'll go just go chase them, no matter how big they are. Uh, but usually she'll just ignore them. So here it took a bit of like getting to know each other, which I guess is always the case with dogs, uh, or with most dogs. But then they got along really well, um, which was quite nice to see them, like, interact, eh? Yeah, and, um, uh, I've forgotten, it's Peter, I think his name is Peter. 
Jim Hughes. One of the guys on the yeah. boat, yeah. He was really, like, hospitable and sweet. Like, he made mm. us some special Chinese tea. Yeah. And gave us some plums and nuts and things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we showed us around the boat, yeah. like, everywhere. Like, uh, yeah. No, he was very, very friendly. I mean, they, they were very friendly guys. But the nice thing for them also is that they managed to pick up some uh, crew here on the oh, island. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, on one of the other boats, I can't even remember the boat's name, but... I think it's one of the catamarans who were yeah. on the delivery or something. So, when we, when we like, saw those guys, like, when, when they arrived, we went out to offer to help them to tie on, like mm. we did with the other people as well. And they just seemed, like, <laughs> like, not keen on... Mm. I don't know, there was, like, a, they were a bit off. <clears throat> and, um... I mean, that's fine. Like, you just arrived in a new place, maybe you're tired and also or also, they had a lot of people on us. Yeah, they had a lot of people. Like five or six people, so they probably thought they had enough. So, one, oh. one of the guys we learned later on in the week um, decided he wasn't going to continue the, on the trip with them. Um, I think it was a mutual agreement. It's not yeah. like he, he abandoned them. I think they both agreed that, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what uh, the skipper and the crew, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, giving the evil eye. Not interrupting. Go, uh, case. No, it was actually Go, you who uh, started telling the story about this guy who jumped ship. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. So no, anyway, we we got to know him a bit, and he like, was really lovely. Um, and so the plan was for him to fly back to well South Africa, I think. But then, because um, Nkalofa could use extra crew, and he was actually on his way. To Brazil or the Caribbean because I think he was planning to buy his own boat and continue there. Um, it's actually worked out really well that he's is continuing with them. Yeah, really I lovely think, people. Because uh, yeah, all, all yeah. three of them, like you could see, they would get along really well because it seemed all very easygoing people, but also just like very like yeah, it's just a personality trait that mm. I guess with people just when you see that they're gonna get along well, and just from I mean us doing a passage with just the two of us. Like, having one extra person makes a huge difference. Even though you've got, like, autopilot and all that, like, just your watches are shorter, you can, like, yeah, it just makes things so much easier. Especially if it's, if, yeah, like you said, someone you get along with. So I'm actually very happy for them, mm -hmm. for all three of them that yeah. they found each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there was um, Coco's Playdate. Yeah, Necrolofa. Yeah. Um, yeah, other, I mean, I don't know if we've got that much to say about the other people who left because we haven't, we didn't get we to know all of them no, as well. I can't even remember the other boats. Well, no, honest. Nexus left also. Oh, Nexus, the, yeah, with Dave and. Yeah, also uh, a monohull about 40 foot with two people on board. We, we didn't interact as much with them. Um, yeah, Trinity, we already did a podcast with them, so we, you also know them pretty well. We actually got to hang out quite a lot with them. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was actually interesting because like all the people who were here for like most of them were here for just over a week, and actually all, all everyone got to know each other quite well because we did like I think two times we did a well there was one fish bry where everyone was and then there was another one which like just was a little bit like mm. seemed to be a bit less like organized or more last minute where half the half the boats were. But like actually got to hang out quite a lot more than usual, than usual like uh, either we've done in Walvis Bay or Hard Bay or anywhere else. So it actually was was quite quite nice. We were talking about it. That it's like quite interesting. I think we talked about it on the podcast with Trinity. 
that social part and it was like not like not the first thing we thought of when we go sailing but like it was nice to experience a bit of that and it's actually is a ni really nice part which is like something we weren't expecting or was not the main like one another one of the main attractions for us for going sailing um so you want to go to this week yeah so this week we finally did our free diving course um with lawrence he's a local i think you can call him a local he's been on the island for since 2008 yeah so yeah. Uh, what's that uh 14 years yeah uh he's actually from south africa pretoria like uh which uh, I don't know, like uh, yeah, <laughs> like when when I say he's from Pretoria, like you get a certain idea of what kind of person it is. But obviously, people aren't from South Africa or don't know South Africa. Mm. Doesn't mean anything. Mm. Um, anyway, it's it's uh, just above Job, uh, Johannesburg. Uh, uh, it's mainly Afrikaans. Just I mean, we know a few people from Pretoria, and it's just it's just uh, anyway. I, I can't really describe it. But anyway, very interesting person but I guess the um, thing is mainly we I really enjoyed the free diving course mm. I've done a course before but like now doing like I would say proper free diving course which is by the way if anyone wants to learn to free dive just look for um, an, uh, I think it's called free, what's op free apnea or, uh, um, or open, open ap apnea open something. apnea that's yeah. the pure apnea huh? pure, yeah. pure apnea yeah. Yeah. So apnea is the is holding your breath on the water. That's what apnea means. And pure apnea is the organization that like kind of yeah certifies uh, training and stuff like that. So if you want to do a training, just get the pure apnea. Um, what is it? Recreational adventure free diving level one. That's what we did, and it's like it was really good because I've learned so many things that like. Uh, either from the other course or from just diving with other people I I'd never learned and which are really important which is like all the safety stuff like how to actually make sure you and your buddy you stay diving with are safe uh, and like actually learn the techniques of bringing someone up and bringing someone to the shore if ever you need to which is was the main reason why I wanted to do it together with Kay I kind of like um, cohesed yeah, I was totally looking for the right word, but like, yeah, I, I did try to stimulate you to. That's not sound different. Um, I mean, yeah, convince you. That's you strong me, yeah. 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 But I think you really Encouraged. enjoyed it as well, eh? I did actually, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, I had a bit of anxiety before the night before the course. Um, I don't even know why, but yeah. Well, there were a few reasons why you were. Mm. weren't that keen. You love snorkeling and you love swimming, but mm. like you weren't keen on freediving. Yeah, I guess it was like feeling claustrophobic in the water. Like Underwater, underwater. Yeah. And I was also worried about my ears. Cause I know yeah, I was like clearing your ears, like uh, equalization. Yeah. yeah. But um, like after the, well, during the course, he teaches you how to uh, equalize your ears, which like makes a huge difference. Yeah, no, it's, it's not just pressure. a huge difference, it's like essential, like without it you can only dive like one meter under the water or something, like you need to equalize like very quickly, mm -hmm. yeah. But also, right. uh, yeah, all, of it, all, the, all the things, all the ways like that you can actually hold your breath much longer than you think. Oh yeah. And yeah, also all the ways to be safe on uh, while you're doing it, which I think for me was a, a huge one. 
because like when I went snorkeling before, even though I just like usually case somewhere nearby, but you didn't know how to like how to. I, I mean, I didn't even know what to do, like, in, in case of a... Emergency. Like, well, emergency. Like, there is always a risk of blackout, which is small, but, like, it can happen when you're freediving. I think... Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, carry on. But, yeah, it's it's good to know when that happens, what to do. And how to recognize that it's... To recognize it, and also, yeah, just what to do, and then, like, also recognize that it's not... It's, it's actually okay. I mean, it's not... You're not going to die if you blackout. You just need to do the right things when someone blacks out, and then... Then you'll if be, someone if, if someone blacks out, yeah. yeah. I think for me, it's like I, I realized, like even living in Cape Town, um, I didn't have a lot of like ocean confidence, mm. and like Demi helped me with that a little bit. Like he would swim out much further than I would ever have swum out before. So by seeing him do it, then I was more encouraged to mm. go like deeper. In. Now the same thing with snorkeling. Like I hadn't snorkeled before. <laughs> like I actually, yeah, I yeah. forgot even snorkeling. You, I you struggled. just struggled yeah. to. Yeah. Put you like breathe through a snorkel. I actually yeah. had to like kind of like <laughs> force you to like no, just just do <laughs> yeah. it. You'll you you will be fine. Like cause you. <laughs> I just thought I was gonna get like stuck in water or something, but yeah. Um. So that's something like that's quite new for me. Like the last mm. few years, like mm. only learned to snorkel, and then now the diving thing also is very yeah. very new. Um. But yeah, it was quite cool because at one point I uh. I dived and I went like much further than I went than much I thought deeper, I could go. Yeah. And uh, Lauren says he thought it was about between eight and ten meters. Wow. Probably about eight, he said. So. Wow, but that's that's yeah. pretty impressive because yeah. And I like ran my fingers along the bottom, the sand on the bottom of the ocean at that point. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was my goal. I was just like, I want to touch the sand. Yeah. Uh, and then um, and yeah, and then came back up and I was like so amazed that I could have hold, yeah. held my breath for so long. Um, and actually dive that deep also because like, yeah, yeah. before struggled with equalization it would mm. have been totally impossible to to get that deep. Yeah, yeah. but like Demi said, like the the main um, big learning thing for us was the safety aspect. Mm. Like if you learn in the water, well, you, you need to be together in the water. Yeah, first you of never all. go free diving alone. But That's what I mean is alone no is like no one else around. Yeah. Um, like how to. Um, how to get your partner to shore oh, yeah, if you need to, yeah, like, yeah. and just to, we actually practice that quite a bit. So and and like to discover that actually it's not that difficult to do. If like, you know what you're yeah. doing and you can actually, yeah. But um, the, also the chance of that happening. Most people, even if you black out, you will Recover, come to yeah. quite mm. quickly. But even if that doesn't happen, that like yeah, yeah, you can. I think for me that's it was a big one because like I've there were a few, two actually ocean cleanups here, so we're uh, organized by the dive club here uh, in, in St. Helena, where both scuba divers and free divers go to like collect uh, trash in the bottom of the ocean. I mean, not very deep, but just here in the bay. Uh, so there was actually the two occasions where I went to free dive with some other more experienced free divers, and I noticed then that I could already dive quite a bit deeper than... I mean, I never dive deep by myself because I know it's really dangerous, so I just go like a little swim. Um, actually, usually when K is not near, then I'll I'll ju- I won't, I'll just go like one meter or like. But even with K around, like because I I know she wasn't like didn't know really how to buddy, mm-hmm. I was like very careful. And then with uh, doing it with other free divers, felt a bit more confident. But now knowing myself how to buddy and mm-hmm. knowing also what to expect from a buddy and what to l- 
that's a, one thing that also Lawrence really explained. Like if you're free diving with someone else and they're buddying you, but they're doing things wrong, then you know what to point out to them, and you know it can actually now teach them how to do it better. And also, if they if they don't like do the basic safety stuff, then you can also say like, sorry, I'm not gonna dive with you because. Mm. I don't feel safe. Yeah. Either with what you're doing. I mean, usually it's what the other person is doing, because you can't really um, be safe with them or keep them safe if they don't keep themselves safe. So I think that was very, very helpful for me, especially because yeah, the first free dive course I did was like totally not about that. So, and I think it is. At some, I mean, it feels like to me there's a lot of people who teach free diving who kind of can dive quite deep and, and like in a way know, think they know what they're doing and it seems they know what they're doing but they're not teaching you the basic safety which is which is why I'm saying if you want to do it to pure up near pure up near course because it really is, is is worth it but yeah no it, it's the other thing is like just how amazing the water here is hey I think I don't know if we've talked about that like when we arrived here you could just see like it's just like this deep blue, it's the only way I can describe it, like it's very dark but very clear water, so even from the surface you can see like a lot of places you can see the bottom of the, like the rocks and, and the fish and stuff, um, but even now like the, like now we're going into autumn winter, uh, which maybe we should talk a bit about too later, um, but like uh, the, the color of the water changes, obviously the temperature is a little bit cooler but it's still usually very clear this depends on obviously the how much wind and how much uh, swell there is but the water is so clear and like it's just there's so much fish here there's like so much to see on the water which I think a lot of places where we're gonna go is the case why I was like so keen to really learn to free dive properly and to do it together uh, yeah, and I just want to mention like the relevance of um, doing a free, <coughs> free diving course it's uh, and sailing, like oh, yeah, yeah. how like beneficial it is to people who sail. Yeah. Because like there are times where you have to do things in the water, even yeah. if it's just like cleaning your boat, cleaning the, the hull of the boat, or maybe even. I mean, I I always thought like you change your anodes, which I won't get into what it is, but it's something that's on the hull of the boat outside. That you have to do that out of the water, but in theory you could do it in the water. Mm. But yeah, also if you follow your prop, if something gets yeah. stuck on your propeller, uh, then like basically you you end, you can't move the boat with the engine, which can be very dangerous. So in that case, you have to dive and free the prop. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, you, it feels like to me like I know a lot of. I mean, I've seen like uh, the the YouTube like. Um, channels like the most famous one, um, La Vagabonte Go, uh, well usually spearfishing which I guess is kind of the same as freediving except freediving you're not going there to kill the fish just to watch the fish but mm. it's very similar but I think it is like on the one I feel like it's quite close to me like uh, sailing and fishing uh, and, and freediving because you're you can do both like you're on the water or in the water without actually having to use uh, extra machinery, which in the case of boat is like you don't need to use the engine in case of diving, you don't need to get all the scuba gear, like mm. the bottles and stuff, and it's just really like a pure way to connect with the ocean. Mm. I feel like, like for me, like, um, 
philosophically or like or in um experience way it's like sailing and, and free diving are very close like i think that's why i love both of them because they're like the same with surfing like wave surfing because it's like just gets you in touch with with nature because the only way to to do it like well and safe is like when you are in touch with with your surroundings you know? so yeah just wanted to mention that as well Anyway, no, I'm like really looking forward to like. Well, we 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 the, like so. There's a few uh, shipwrecks here. Mm. There's the one oh, yeah. big one which you can actually see when you're in uh, James James Bay, which is like the bay here where we're uh, more than where we go motor through every time we go to shore. There's the Papua Nui, which is like uh, the rudder post sticks out of the water on low tide, so you can see it. And when you like we said, the water is very clear, so if you go over it, you can actually see it from the uh, from the dinghy or from the ferry, but now we actually like snorkeled and and free dive through it, and it's really oh, it's it's really very special. It's like mm. yeah, so part of it's sticking out. Like part of it is like I think like up to ten or maybe fifteen meters deep, the deepest part. So you don't have to actually deep deep. But most of it is I think like five to ten meters deep. So you don't have to free dive that deep to. Which it's a, a, I mean it's a little bit of a not a real challenge, but like yeah, if you can dive deeper, you can actually like swim in between it, mm. like in between the boilers, for instance. So this boat, this boat's huge. It, yeah. It had like 340 people on board. What, yeah. At yeah. One, I mean, when it was still when yeah. it arrived. Um, I don't even know if that gives full perspective of, how, of the yeah. size of it. it. It's very big. Um. Yeah, we, got, we got the book. <laughs> we, we actually got from the library the book uh, about marine life uh, around St. Helena, which actually has a little section at the back of about uh, shipwrecks. It was 6,372 tons. 6,000 tons, so that's yeah. massive. Yeah, and the length was 131 meters. Wow, yeah, that is yeah. a very big boat. And what year did it sink? Uh, 1911. Caught, yeah. caught fire in September 1911. Yeah, so it was a, I think a steamboat and the coal in the hull caught fire. There's actually two boats next to each other that uh, went down similarly because there's another one we haven't actually gone there yet, but also sank because of fire in the coal hull. Uh, but yeah, really amazing. I mean, even if you don't free dive and you come to St. Helena just to snorkel over it, just to see it properly, is, is really special. And obviously, also the sea life. In the in the wreck, yeah. But Saint Helena. I mean, people come on dive holidays. They, like scuba divers come here specifically to free to dive because it's it's so amazing and you can see so many um, fish and sea life. So it's yeah, definitely one one of the big attractions of Saint Helena. It was nice to yeah to get to get experience a bit more of that. Hey? Definitely, yeah. And we're looking forward to, like, for as long as we're here to, like, dive and snorkel uh, a lot more. Maybe to some of the other wrecks, even. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the weather? The weather, yeah. I mean, we're... So, the we when we arrived, we were, like, at the end of summer. Mm. And it actually had a few quite hot days, like, especially the first week where it was, like, like 30 degrees. Mm. And, like... Um, and then, like slowly began to get more humid just the air got more humid and then like since a few weeks we've been getting well then it was just like some drizzle like really there was like we wouldn't even really get wet from it just when it was supposedly raining it was just like 
yeah, like some, almost like more like a haze, but now the last week it's been raining almost every day, and like some... Not con- not the whole day, Not the whole though. day, yeah. but like every day at least, like there's, a, and usually there's at least once a day, like a proper downpour. Um, we're getting more wind, it's getting a little bit colder, although it's still like, probably, what is it, like 23 degrees or mm. something. Water's been getting a little bit colder, but uh, the last week it's been very rolly here on the mm. mooring, which I guess we've kind of gotten used to, but not really. Still not sleeping very well, and just some days it makes me very grumpy, like <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Okay, I can attest to that. <laughs> she's had to suffer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the the anchorage here in, uh, is, is uh, very protected from the main swell and the main wind because we're on the downwind uh, side of the island and the wind here is trade wind so it's I think like 95 or 99 percent of the time the wind is from the same direction but still the winds kind of and the swell kind of wraps around so sometimes you do get like like the last few days we've had like quite a lot of swell and also quite a lot of wind especially at night when you get those gusts it's like it's Given K nightmares. Yeah, like last night, one gust came through. It was just one gust, and I was like, I got up and I went outside and I was trying to do things on the deck. <laughs> like, because we this week we tried to start our engine again. <clears throat> just because yeah, the other thing is yeah. that there's not a lot of sun, so our solar panels don't charge the batteries fully. Yeah, so I tried to, uh, like, that got me a bit stressed out, because I was like, if we... Uh, so, yeah, just to say what happened, we tried to start the engine, but it wouldn't start. Why did we try to start the engine to, to power? To, to, to run, power yeah, to run the alternator actually, a bit, yeah. to top up the batteries, um, but that didn't work out. Yes, so I've been, like, worrying that with these guts that are coming through, that maybe our lines are going to snap, and we're going to end up either hitting another boat or on the rocks. So, also, I wanted to, yeah, it, it, like, really, like, worried me, because we did get our engine running a few weeks back. Yeah. So, that was, like, a safety, it's like a backup, like, if, you, if your yeah. lines get worn through, then you can just start your engine, and then to move to safety, yeah. But this this week, when we discovered that our engine didn't want to start, and we think it's just the fuel, like, air in the fuel or yeah, something. Yeah, we're, we're still troubleshooting, yeah. Yeah. Then I was like, shit, we don't have our engine as a backup in, in an emergency. So then last night, I uh, woke up from a nightmare that's not at all related to <laughs> sailing. <laughs> and I went outside at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was trying to... Uh, we've got like an an- uh, a pole across our anchor locker. Um, Just to secure it more, because I was reading in one of the books about safety is like well if your boat rolls you have to make sure which means like if your boat turns upside down which is very unlikely to happen but you have to make sure that nothing breaks something else but like our anchor locker was such you can't really lock it which means if the boat goes upside down the lock the anchor would fall out and then it would wrap around the boat and would most likely either make a hole in the boat or cause a lot of trouble so that's why we did that yeah which is actually Especially while we're at anchor and actually where we're sailing, the the chance of the boat rolling is like like close to zero. No, it is absolutely close to zero. I mean, it's even like the chances are very very slim in general. In general, I mean, it's only people who like when you're in in certain conditions, which is like when you're sailing 
like uh, racing around the world or stuff like that when you go to certain places where there's more wind then, then it's like it can happen and even then it, it usually doesn't yeah. just to give a context for people our friends and family who are following at home like no that's not really a real risk but it's something you need to make sure you if it it's just eliminating like yeah. chances of like if bad something bad happening. happens that we want to make sure that that what happened that the thing that happens is not going to be compounded by something else. Yeah. So um, I got up at like one o'clock in the morning with the idea of because we've had that pole on since we left Velvet Bay and we haven't. Uh, we we bolted on it like it's it's a bolt. Okay, you explain it. Sorry. No, I'm not. See, carry on. Okay, we're getting close to the point where Kay is going to just push the button on the recorder and say this is the end of the podcast, because I'm interrupting here. Seriously, carry on. No, so we've got like a, um, a, a, a pole with a tread and this, uh, um, and two nuts on it, and they've rusted on, and our Kay is walking away, because she's heading off. Um, but yeah, so we've been aware that they're like... It's a problem because now we, we can't get it off. I mean, we can, we will be able to get it off if nothing else works. We can just cut it. But uh, we wanna. Well, Kay wanted to fix that in the middle of the night, which means like we sleep in the V bird in the front. So Kay was like working on that thing in the middle of the night, which made quite a lot of noise. So that's one of the reasons why I'm grumpy this morning, because you woke woke me up in the middle of the night. You don't seem to be grumpy. I am, well, anyway, do you have anything to say about that? No. Um, anyway, I'm careful, careful with the recorder, so I'm gonna make, um, but yeah, so there's a few things on the boat that we need to fix and it's everything with, with the boat, like, you better fix it quickly, otherwise it can become a bigger problem. Is laughing because we just had a break <laughs> to make some tea and some food, but mainly to um, <laughs> diffuse <laughs> the tension. And we did that by eating. <laughs> eating. I, I thought uh, maybe it's because we were hangry, apart from the fact that I was interrupting Kay multiple times, which I do sincerely apologize for. <laughs> Um, yeah. So my whole thinking about the um, the anchor uh, locker was if our lines do come off or do get chafed through in the middle of the night, that we at least, mm. although not ideal, we could at least throw the anchor out mm. to stop our boat from landing on the rocks. But it didn't get very far. <laughs> I went out with the toothbrush and the Q20 and I scrubbed the, uh, the pole. <laughs> It. <laughs> Polished it, and um, the nuts still wouldn't match. <laughs> yeah, there's no double entendre here whatsoever. <laughs> this show is totally uh, a custom for all ages. <laughs> um, and then I got the spanner, the spanner uh, set, because mm. <coughs> there's two nuts there. Of course, there are two nuts. No, well, can I explain yeah. why there's two nuts? Yeah. So what you do, if you put two nuts and you, like, 
create tension between the two of them, then they don't move because on the board everything moves. So you just put one knot, it might just come loose by itself. That's the reason we, get, we have two knots. Yeah. But they kind of seem to be fused together, so I couldn't yeah, get either of them in it. rusted probably, yeah. Um, so I decided to go back to bed. So <laughs> that's what happened last night. No, it's, it's good thinking because, like, I mean, like, maybe most people, even, I mean, even when we're a day skipper, like, some sailboats you see, they don't have an anchor, they don't have a proper anchor because it's like, oh, we're just going day sailing, so we don't really need to anchor. It's like, no, actually, your anchor is a vital piece of safety equipment because if there's ever, I mean, if, there's, if you ever lose control of your boat because there's some, you don't have an engine or and you can't sail, it's only when you get close to land where it gets dangerous because mm. then you're going to hit the rocks. So it's like, it's, it is very, indeed very important then. Um, yeah, there's also the reason we haven't fixed the engine yet because that's also is a is a very big deal is because when we noticed what was ha what happened was after the first day of our free diving course and we were both completely oh, yeah. tired tired and like yeah. didn't have energy we don't have that excuse anymore but I guess we've just yeah now we really need to address that because it's like yeah. yeah engine anchor like all these things are like really important. But Safety-wise, yeah. Yeah. No, I felt um, a little bit better about it yesterday because we, um, at the fish fry, I spoke to uh, Shinamir because mm. I was telling them about when we dragged anchor in Bulbous Bay. And I was like, I told them that I feel like it's part of your like little checklist of things that you need to do at some mm. point and hopefully it's done and you'll never need to do it again. Um, in terms of learning, like learning experience, um, uh, and then they were like, yeah, absolutely. And then they told me that they almost dragged anchor at some point. Uh, where was it? Do you remember where I said uh, it was? It was New Zealand or? Yeah, New Zealand in the, in the lagoon, yeah. They had anchored their boat. They did actually drag anchor. They dragged anchor and they almost lost their boat on the rocks. Um, but, because the reason why we saw the conversation was I was asking them if they have an anchor locker, like something to lock their anchor. Because mm. we've been anchor actually, locker, yeah. all the boats we've been on, trying to figure out if there's better ways to do this because we figured out yeah. that our si what we put together isn't ideal. It works for now, but it's again, mm. now we can't easily open it, which also is a problem. Well, I think that what they were saying is that it's better to, it's good to have it when you're on passage because you're not going to use your anchor then, but yeah. when, as soon as you get close to land, Just you should remove the thing, yeah. Yeah, before you get to close, close yeah. to land, yeah. yeah. Now we should have done that and it's like one of those things like, I guess it's... I think it's a type, like, I feel like we... I just feel like it's our personality types, like... <laughs> just like yeah, we get, like, mm. we've let, we arrive, and we've, like, we feel like we've overcome something, so we, we, we need relax. to rest, yeah, and then that resting ends up taking most of the time that we're in that place, and then we um, hustle in the last just, week to yeah. get everything organized, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, we should, yeah. we should always... Uh, I think, I forgot who it was, I think it was uh, Cassius, yeah. the way he said, like, when he arrives, when they, Richard, when they arrive, mm. first thing he does the first few days is get the boat ready to go again. Yeah, because it's an emergency. An emergency. Yeah. Plus, the other reason why th uh, that's good is because you actually know all the things that, are, that you have to address it's because you've just been sailing, so you know what are the issues. Yeah. And also, yeah, the main reason is if, like, ever in, for whatever reason, you need to leave in a hurry, the boat's ready to go, yeah. which actually makes a lot of sense, but we're not like that at all. Yeah, 
Hopefully not. We'll, we might get better at it. Like, I was even thinking, I mean, I think we had this before where we had to, I can't remember what the situation was, could have been Golvis Bay, where we had to start out, we had to get the boat moving and there were like, sh there was stuff in the way. Like, mm. there was like complete disorder outside yeah. in the cockpits and yeah. like, we had to like throw things around to uh, be able to even just steer the boat. Chaos, yeah. And like, um, I looked around. And it's like <laughs> this that morning again. and it's pretty chaotic inside the boat and outside in the cockpits yeah um i think it's like when you're living in a house maybe it's easier to get away with that but mm. when you're living in such a small space it like very Plus, quickly adds up yeah, uh, i think it was also something i guess said yesterday mm. when you're living on a boat it's not oh. just you don't just park your boat and you're safe you actually get to Keep an eye on everything. Is there no water coming in? Is everything? Is your anchor safe? It was making the comparison that after being on a boat, living on a boat for a while, uh, he actually did a little trip on a, in a camper van. A road trip, yeah. A road trip, and he parked the camper van somewhere, and he left it there for a few days, and he came back, and he like was so like just the feeling of not not having to worry if if his van's gonna be there, if it had sunk. If it had dragged anchor, it's just you park it somewhere and it's there. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't actually have to worry about all these things. And it's like, yeah, actually, you forget that you do. I mean, you have to worry, and you do worry, even if it's subconsciously, uh, all these things. And I think, yeah, uh, I really had a like when the engine didn't start, I really had a bit of a low moment because it's like, shit, we should address this. Like we should have actually normally you check your engine at least every couple of days just to make sure it it, it runs. We hadn't, and now it doesn't work, and we actually didn't have the energy to fix it. And I was just like getting into a point like, do do we even know what I, do I even know what I'm doing? Yeah. Do we even like, which <clears throat> I think we do, but uh, we could be better at it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we lack is efficiency. Mm. That's, yeah. I think we easily yeah. overcome. Mm. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, there's reasons why we don't run the engine regularly. It's because it's flipping loud. Yeah. And, and like, you don't really want to run it when you don't need to. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, we're still learning. Yeah. Yeah. The actually the reason why we wanted to run the engine is because uh, so our battery's been getting quite low, but we don't run that many things. The main thing we run is um, charging the battery for our laptop to watch movies in the evening, and the extra battery bank that we used to. Um, yeah, to have the laptop on. And normally during the daytime, there's enough sun to charge the batteries completely, but now with it being overcast, mm. it doesn't actually um, charge them enough. Uh, which also, we actually bought a DVD player recently, which was like uh, something I'd thought of doing before coming to St. Helena, like a little external DVD player for our laptop, because laptops don't have DVD players anymore. And we come to the island and there's like, multiple DVD rental places because it's like the internet is so slow and so expensive that like Netflix is just not an option mm. so we actually rent or get DVDs we've mainly been getting our DVDs from the library uh, so it's fun but Longhorn yeah long, we've been watching uh, the series Longhorn unfortunately two oh. of the discs out of the four were well one was completely broken and the other one slightly uh, so we missed a few episodes, but it's a really cool series. We really enjoyed uh, about the Royal Navy in around, I think, 1800s? Yeah. Around the time when Napoleon, Napoleon, Bony. Bony, Napoleon Bonaparte was yeah. uh, the big enemy of... There is 
I wouldn't say it's very expensive. I'm afraid we're gonna get to places which are much more expensive. Yeah. But yeah, money is uh, also something that is in the back of our minds and sometimes pops to the forefront and creates some, some anxiety. But Yeah, I tried to get a job at one of the little restaurants because they had a vacancy sign up there for a waitress. <clears throat> Pretty much since the time we arrived there. Eh? Mm. And then another waitress actually suggested, like, asked like, if you would be interested. Yeah, but I think that's the job's been taken now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because when you're uh, interacting with some of yeah, you, you don't always know all the customs and the, the full, like, the culture of the mm. place. Um, and I think that they would, and understandably, they'd, I think they'd rather probably give jobs to saints than yeah, which, to which we totally agree with to other people. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to be taking jobs from other people. Mm. It was more because someone, one of the locals, suggested it, and it looked like they've been looking for someone for uh, quite a while and yeah. didn't find anyone. But yeah, um, we might do an episode at some point about the money side of things. Although yeah, if we can organize ourselves enough to to actually yeah, look figure at it. out. Of our own, how much we've spent, um, if we want to actually talk about that. But no, I mean, I think it is, it's a question that keeps popping up from just people we interact with, like, uh, apart from the, like, very day-to-day practical things of living on a boat and sailing. It's like, how do you actually pay for it? So I think it might be interesting for people to hear to hear about that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see if we feel brave enough to actually get into that subject. <laughs> I think that's it for today. Yeah. yeah. That's another bit all over the place show, but I guess that's what... It's, it's how we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're still listening to our podcast, then you know that's what you can expect. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, to come to that, like, yeah, um, if you are listening, please, like, yeah, feel free to share it with other people on whatever social media or whichever way like you interact with people online or just tell people about the show because we would love to get more people to to listen listen to us there's a VHF radio again Um, yeah and like yeah if you're on Apple podcast or whatever it's called give us some ratings some five stars or whatever it is or yeah we're we're trying to get good morning ferry service service. Uh, we're trying to get more people to find out about our show we could use your help with that um, but yeah, we'll be, sorry. Thank you. Yes. Okay, but we'll, yeah, I think that's it, like Kay said, for this week. Um, we'll see what's next week. We might have another guest. We might talk about something else. Coco might run the show. We m- might, might be a very short show then. Because <laughs> she doesn't usually She's say not very much. talkative. No. Um, but yeah, we'll be back, yeah, next episode, next Friday. Um, yeah, like, subscribe, all those things. That's what you say on YouTube. I don't know if it's the same for podcasts, but yeah, mm. do what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, like, feel free to get in touch with us if you want to. Uh, contact details are in the description of the show. Okay, till next week. Bye.